0: Hello everyone, my name is Trish from Simply Surviving Urban Farming with Trish. We have a beautiful special guest here today, Eliza. So Eliza, do you mind introducing yourself and blessing us
1: with, with all of your, with your introduction? <laughs> sure, th- th- first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Eliza Walton um, and I have a couple of different businesses up here. We're in central Pennsylvania. Um, I own a feed mill, so we manufacture our own um, feed as well as, you know, sell feed to the surrounding, like, three counties of, like, local farmers, and then um, I have a herd of about 40 registered Angus um, and commercial brood cows, and then we also sell meat. So we, uh, some of the animals born here on this farm, we sell, like, we raise them all the way through and sell them as meat um, that you can buy here on the farm.
0: I think that's awesome. So I know you, you look pretty young, so I'm assuming your family started it all. Like what was the beginning for you guys? Uh, so I,
1: I, I'm 30, how old am I 30, 36, okay. um, but I started with a 4-H project when I was nine. And I always refer to this as my 4-H project gone bad because I started with four cows and have ended up now with like 40, but um, <laughs> they just kind of like multiply. But, um, so that was, you know, my, I grew up on a farm, my grandfather milked cows and I started showing dairy cows and then moved into beef cows because, um, my uncle raised Angus and then also you didn't have to milk the beef cows. So that was kind of fun. Um, so that's how I got into Angus and then I've just basically the herd has expanded and I've moved, uh, you know, across the state with this herd of cows. Um, oh, wow. well, that like? Uh, kind of like a traveling roadshow, uh, but we kind of slowly like migrated across the state. Um, you know, I rented some different farms along the way until we ended up here um, in Spring Mills near uh, like the, well, my dad ended up buying the feed mill. So then I kind of settled in this area with the group, but with the, all the cows. So I, uh. That was Uh, interesting.
0: (laughs) I bet it was. I was always curious, you know. You mentioned you own the uh, feed, Martin Mill, because I travel a lot, and I was always curious about one of those big gray tin things. Like, what's inside? Like, how does that work? So, how does
1: a feed mill operate? Oh well, that could be a whole another podcast. But those big grain bins, you know, they're they're full of grain. Um, you have a floor to keep, you know, it's the best way to store your grain. So it doesn't ruin, it spoiled. So it has a floor underneath that you can blow air through so you can then ventilate like the grain and keep it from like molding or anything like that. And, um, you know, obviously you have to keep it dry in those bins and stuff, but, uh, yeah, some of those grain bins, there's some really big ones out there, (laughs) you know, we're talking like, you know, million bushel bins or bigger. Um, Yeah. So. We, so, have, we have a couple smaller ones at the feed mill, but.
0: So basically you grow the, um, what's inside, weed or uh, grains? You grow in the grains or harvesting the grains and then you're storing them in the mills.
1: Yeah. So the farmers, you know, they grow everything and then they bring them, bring the grain into the feed mill, usually in the fall or around mm-hmm. harvest. Um, and then like with the corn, we usually have to dry uh, the corn down a little bit. Um, it might come out of the field anywhere between like 18 and 20 percent moisture and then we have to dry it down to 15 percent or below so it keeps and then we just store it in those bins and you know pull out to grind feed you know as we need throughout the year oh okay I was
0: always curious about that I'm like what are those
1: (laughs) yeah well (laughs) and our mill is very small but some of these operations are you know huge and they're they're really fun to tour and like see what's going on in there yeah it can do
0: because it's like it seems like most farms have them Well, not most forms but like a lot of them when you travel around the country or mm-hmm. whatever but do you have any products that comes from that meal that you um you create from the grains
1: well yes yeah. so i mean we make our own line of feed so we'll make you know uh you know, chicken feed, we have our own line. So we have horse feed and cow feed and stuff like that. Or like if you, Trish, had your own recipe of feed that you wanted to feed your chickens, you would then bring me the recipe and I'd make it for you. Um, so it can be. You should you know, not
0: have told me that, Eliza,
1: because yeah. i was going
0: to be up all night trying to figure out how to do
1: that. Whatever you want, you can put, you know, people, we have lots of, you know, that's kind of our specialty is um, yeah. custom formulas. So if you want a special chicken feed that, you know, maybe sometimes there's no corn or no soy, or you want um, higher protein or whatever you want, we can mix that up, so.
0: So you saying right now for the listeners out there, if someone out there had a recipe, we could come look up the Martin Feed Meal. We'd make it for you. <laughs> okay, you, you
1: you you heard it here, folks. <laughs> That's Also, so you know, another benefit to those bins uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like a bank for the, the grain farmers, because the lowest uh, price for that grain is going to be at harvest time. Mm-hmm. So they can put that grain in their own bin on their farm, then they can sell it later when the, when the price goes up. So it's another oh, yeah. benefit. Yeah, That's a great benefit and a great idea for those who
0: haven't thought of it. Um, the eggs hill farm. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? You You're right, we could have done three to four podcasts just based on you, Eliza. Well,
1: it's not that exciting. You They're know, kind of all tied together. So we have the feed mill and then uh, the farm and then the cows. So, you know, the cows eat the stuff that we make at the mill. And some we used to actually uh, grow grain here on the farm, but we have it all in pasture now for the cows. But um, Egg Hill Farm belongs to my boyfriend, Chris's family. Okay. So they've been on this farm for five generations now. So it's, um, it's been in their family a long time. And yeah. then I brought the beef cows to the operation. So that was right. when we uh, started raising beef here. Um, but it's right next to the mountain. It's called Egg Hill Farm because the mountain um, to the south of us is called Egg Hill. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: But what about the, um, I mean, I think it's exciting from the Egg Hill Farm, the Martin Feed Mill, from the Angus Beef, what about if people want to learn more about it, like the educational part of it? Like, is, do you have any farming programs that you know of or do you offer
1: anything? Well, we're, we're always open to visitors. So if anyone's in the area and you want to come work cattle for the day or something or just come visit, you know, we're always up for that. But, you know, I've also done a lot of programs um, over the years and there's, there's so many free and low cost um, educational things out there. Um, You know, I can't say enough about uh, we've worked with Penn State Extension um, a lot on the beef farm. Uh, We have a profit team where basically we meet with um, there's uh, two instructors from Penn State, uh, Dr. Tara Felix and Dustin Heater. They're part of the livestock team. And they just, you know, they help us. You know, they're experts in their field and they come out and um, give us like just another perspective on the operation Um, so, you know, like I said, that's, that's free. You're getting, you know, professional help and, um, you know, insight into your operation. Um, and there's also a lot of grants and educational programs, you know, whether it's through lenders, um, Ag Choice Farm Credit does a really nice program called Ag Biz Masters. And yeah, that's like basically a mini like master's program in finance. So like, if you're trying to get your you know farm operation up and going like they're going to teach you about you know balance sheets and the profit and loss statements and like everything you need to know to run your operation you know financially um and that kind of creates like a good uh just a good relationship with like a lender um and same with you know the with our profit team you know just staying in touch with your contacts that you have and kind of leveraging your contacts um, I was talking to Dustin this morning and he mentioned a program, uh, it's a grant program where you can get a thousand dollars towards the purchase of a new bull if you buy a Pennsylvania bred bull. So like, that was something I hadn't heard of before. So like just trying, talking to the people that, you know, and, um, you know, staying in touch has been helpful. And I guess I'd recommend it to everybody. (laughs) Right. And so you do sell, uh, Angus, right. We sell beef yeah um, and we would sell breeding stock to uh, like bread heifers if, if someone was interested okay. um, but most of what we sell is uh, beef so okay. it, we had raise the animal and um, harvest it and then we could sell sell the meat either here like at the farm like you could come in and buy like one pack of hamburger or one pack of steaks mm-hmm. or you could buy the, buy the beef in bulk so like okay. you could buy a half or a quarter um, you know fill up your freezer with stuff like the, with beef that, you know, you can come here to the farm, you can see the cows in the field, you can see what they're eating, Um, and a lot of people, they want to be sustainable, but they might not have room for a cow, so that's a good, good other option. (laughs) Right, absolutely,
0: so I know you're in central Pennsylvania, so in order to, like, say, for example, someone uh, within the United States that's not in Pennsylvania was interested in buying something in bulk, do they just reach out to your website or your phone number or how do we do
1: that? Well, we, um, you know, we do have a website. It's sinkingcreekmeats.com. Um, mm-hmm. And you can buy on there. Although like the logistics of getting half a beef across the country. I mean, you're in trucking. Um, I don't right. know necessarily <laughs> how we you know, would I mean, do that. They can come pick it up. Like it's
0: yeah. probably even cheaper to just, especially if you're in the U.S. to maybe make a purchase and then just drive there yourself,
1: road trip. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to recommend like, you know, there's local beef everywhere. So I guess you could look, you know, in your area, there's probably people that do exactly what we do, um, you know, or check out the local farms or see who's selling at the farmer's market and see who has beef at home, like, you know, just buying local, local products. And, um, you know, there's different Mm -hmm. level, you know, there can be organic, or there could be grass fed, or there could just be like pasture raised, or there's, you know, lots of different people out there doing Lots of different things. Yeah, but it would be, it would still be like, you know, everybody has their own niche. It's not commercial beef that was raised in a feedlot. You know, you can get good products like pretty much anywhere in the country.
0: Yeah, because I've seen those beef that goes into those warehouses like in bulk. So Mm -hmm. like, you just don't know where they came from. You don't know what they were fed or if they were injected with anything. So I think it's just the best thing to do is to buy beef where you know where they where they were raised and how they were raised and if they're stressed out before the you know the harvesting or processing happens so I think that's important because I think everything we inject in our bodies matter mm-hmm.
1: you know and I mean? I'm, I'm not here to run down you know I think anyone involved in animal agriculture you know they uh you know the beef industry in general like you know if, if we're not raising a good product Um, you know it it affects you know the whole industry so people you know it affects the the profitability of the farm so um you know a lot of these even the commercial beef you know it's very safe the united states has one of the safest food systems Mm -hmm. you know in the world but but if you're interested in you know there's other things like if you want more of your you want your beef to be raised in a pasture or to have like you know eaten grass or its whole life or something you know there's other there's definitely stuff out there that is um you know, gonna be delicious, <laughs> and right. you know where it comes from.
0: So I'm not gonna lie; I don't know where it comes from. If I cook it right, I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, but yeah. in the back of my mind, I, I I appreciate the gift, and I pray that it was it wasn't abused in any way before I eat it.
1: Mm-hmm. So no, that's true too. And also, you know, a lot of the, so right now you would notice in the store that we're, you know, there's record high beef prices in the store, but producers, beef producers are getting like record low prices right now. Like are the price, if we were to sell our animals at a sale, you know, you're not getting good money for it. And the packers are kind of taking that chunk out of the middle. Like they're saying, well, we don't have enough people to process it. So that's why we have to charge the consumer more and pay the farmers less. So Uh, You know, you can help a local farmer out by buying their product, and you're getting a great product, and you're probably saving a little money, too. So thank you for saying that, because I
0: was going to I was in the mood one day to I wanted to get some oxtails, you know, and I looked at the price, and I literally walked right out of Walmart, there was no way I was going to pay that amount for maybe four to five little oxtails that probably wouldn't feed the whole family. So, mm-hmm. you have so right those prices, and I know I'm speaking on oxtails, but even just times of beef in general, everything is so expensive it's just it's crazy it's you know I might become that vegan one day,
1: I don't know just for price less, but you yeah. know oxtail is something that like we have trouble selling, so like I'd be glad, you know, we have our, our ox, we have oxtail in the freezer and, you know, would be selling it for like $5 a pound, just so someone takes it or something. <laughs> yeah, know, I, so. I'm just going to go
0: ahead and say it and excuse my French. You can't have a lot of black people in your area because you will be hiding from us. <laughs> well, to I, have Jamaican,
1: I have some Jamaican friends in Florida that want me to ship them to them. I'm yes, like, I'm them. Like, this <laughs> is the South. I'm just going to say the South. I'm not going to even
0: make it a race to us people in the south that's all we love to eat
1: so if you find some farmer who can't sell his oxtail you have just hit a jackpot
0: so yes i definitely will spread the word and you know you have people listening right now Mm -hmm. you know where
1: the oxtails are now Mm -hmm. in central pennsylvania (laughs) well they're yeah but they could be everywhere though because there's people you know like there's there's freezer beef everywhere so you know farmers are just trying to I guess
0: the, the, the moral of the, this story right now is to support your local farmer. I think mm-hmm. that's the most important thing and that's what I'm hearing you saying and that's what I agree with. To support your local farmer, um, really support them, especially if you're not getting what your beef is worth from the commercial end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, by us supporting the local farmers in our area, I'm sure it will help out a lot and mm-hmm. it will motivate the your you farmers or us farmers, I guess, to just kind of keep moving and keep moving forward. I appreciate this conversation you taught us a lot. Um, One thing that I take from it is to get educated, the educational factor of it, to find someone to um, educate you on whatever you wanna do in the farming industry. I guess that's one of the important things. And um, is it okay if we um, post your website and your social media
1: outlets? Yeah, that'd be great. So yeah, just, uh keep educating yourself, you can always learn and there's always somebody out there that um, you know has insight um, or just a different perspective and so I you know always bounce stuff off of anyone you can.
0: All right, Eliza, we know that you are a part of or own the Mart the feet is it the martin female the martin female right and the Martin the Ed Hill farm and sinking creek Meats. yes where okay. all the oxtails are. just waiting on us, us people in the South, but thank you so much for this opportunity to speak with you about your, your journey and all these different areas. And we'll, hopefully we'll talk to you soon, especially me, because I'm going to be thinking of that chicken recipe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Think it up and we'll make it. So thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you so much.